why five-star safety Fahim Delane can be the next player to commit to the Ohio State Buckeyes. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, you know a feel-good Friday is only right with a little Buckeye recruiting in your feed. This young man we're talking about today is talented, and he will join an elite secondary group at Ohio State. Welcome in, Buckeye fans, to a Friday feel-good edition of Locked on Buckeyes here on February 16th in the year 2024. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. During today's show, Brian Smith, who is Locked On's recruiting analyst, will be with us once again. Brian and I talk about why the Buckeyes might get a commitment from five-star safety Fahim Delane. Also touch on talented defensive tackles Jarquez Carter and Maxwell Roy, two talented players that Ohio State is going at. Well, three talented players, excuse me, that the Buckeyes are going after, and it could be the front runner to get a commitment from all three. Brian's here to Feel Good Friday. Let's enjoy it. And as we welcome in Brian Smith, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College terms and conditions apply. Brian, you are one person I love talking to about Recruiting, you, you've you been doing it for a long time. You've seen a lot of guys, seen the good, seen some that have really worked their way up the ranks throughout your time period covering recruiting. And this is a guy, the first guy on our list, it's Fahim Delane, I believe. He's a five-star safety from Maryland. And he's one that you even said, hey, we got to talk about him. We got to get him on our radar because the Buckeyes might be the front runner to get a commitment from this young man. This is a safety slash athlete. Uh, I don't want to label him as just one spot that looks at plays a little bit differently. I saw him last year in the summer in a one-on-one situation with a lot of different big-time receivers at Under Armour's Future 50. All those guys are going to major programs like Ohio State, and he held his own. I spoke with Coach Cox, who coaches the DBs at that event. He thought he was as good a player as there was there at the defensive back spot. Again, these are elite kids, and honestly, he took it in stride. Like he's a little more mature, a little more unbeknownst to the world compared to a lot of DBs. A lot of DBs like to talk. He just kind of goes about his business. And you you look at him, the physical size, he's six one, six two at least, and he has the long arms you're looking for. He's got coverage skills that are a little bit different than most safeties. He could probably play some nickel. I don't think he's a pure corner per se, but he could play receiver, whatever you wanted him to. Really good athlete and good football player. And I think that versatility that you describe is what Ryan Day as a whole, but also Jim Knowles wants from his secondary. Now, you're going to have guys that are solely and only outside corners, guys that are better better suited for nickel corner. But then you have a guy like Jordan Hancock who can play nickel corner or even outside corner, which is a great way for him when he gets to the next level to say, hey, I'm a little bit more versatile than what the film showed because the Buckeyes needed him to play nickel but in the NFL, he might be able to play outside. With a guy like this in Fahim, we've already seen Ohio State really get a great start, a jump start 
to their recruiting in 2025, getting a lot of uh, some of the best players at their positions in the secondary. This get this young man in Fahim. I don't I don't know if it's Delane or Delaney. I, I don't I'm not sure how to say the last name, but it, this guy could be added to the list. And as far as the elite secondary that Ohio State has currently put together in their recruiting class, if they get this kid to go with what they have already, like offered in those guys. I mean, Sanchez, et cetera. When was the last time a team had that complete of a group, like right. one through four? I'm not saying it doesn't have like Bama's DB class and some of these other ones that come through Georgia, et cetera, are really good. This one would be as good as any I've seen. And the length and all that stuff that you want would give them an, a, a really big advantage. If you, you look at the playoffs since they started, scoring is the key. If you don't hit 40 in a game, there's a really high percentage chance you're not going to win. And it's because the receivers have been outdoing the DBs. This might actually give Ohio State a chance to score a defensive touchdown. Like they've got, they're going to have enough NFL type talent in their secondary that they could be taking the ball away when everybody else is like even Clemson and Bama, teams that you just think of defense, 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 Georgia, et cetera. They're they're giving up big numbers in these games. So I think you got to recruit DB at a level that it's never been done before in Ohio State's kind of setting the trend, and this kid's the latest. Now, you touch on something here that we don't normally hit on on this show as far as comparing recruiting at Ohio State versus other schools. We like to highlight certain players and just get a, a snapshot about what they are as a recruit and why Ohio State could get a commitment from them or maybe why they don't. With what Ohio State has done so far, we touch on it all the time with the secondary class that they currently have. How does that stack up with what teams in the South are currently doing? Georgia is always the standard to me because Kirby played safety at Georgia. He was a big-time player, believe it or not. You know, he doesn't look like one now, but he was a hell of a player. And he understands scheme and the whole concept about taking the ball away, et cetera. They're the one I would look at later because most of the Southern kids wait a little longer. I know Alford's kind of the exception to that rule, being a kid from Birmingham and committed to the box. But that'll be something we get into a little more in the middle of the summer. But for now – I mean, it's the usual suspects. I mean, Miami, Florida State, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, they're all trending with elite DBs in some way, shape, or form. But Ohio State's top of the board. They have the best DB class not only this year, but one of the best that I've seen in any year in recent memory. Um, if they get fooling to come and play with them, like you need that one extra guy in the back end. Corner is ridiculous for the box. If you get this kid to secure the back end, What's left? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they could get another guy, maybe in state, et cetera. But even if they just got the got like four guys with this, they'd be good. Kirby would be smiling at that class if it went to Georgia. Nick, if he was still in Tuscaloosa, would be smiling. So yeah, it's it's elite by any standard. And the only question now really is how many of these guys, because Ohio State has DBs, obviously. They had a great defensive unit last year. Let's not take away anything from Knowles and the Buckeyes. But the kids that are like freshmen and sophomores that were pushing for playing time, can some of these guys push them out of the way and get ahead of them on the depth chart? They're talented enough, like Offord in particular, I have complete confidence in because of where he's from and all that. You know, he's he's an elite player. One of those guys, I think, at least will play right away at 25 for the Bucs. Why do you think that the kids in the South at this position or these positions, secondary as a whole, are coming to Ohio State? 
I I don't know a lot about the DB coaches there, but my goodness, they they changed the game here here lately. I'm, I'm guessing NIL is at least part of it, but it's still about relationships to get kids to commit early. Like I don't care what you offer them, and all these kids are getting getting different NIL deals around the country. Ohio State's not only getting them. Think about where we're at. I'm looking at my calendar. It's the 15th when we're doing this podcast of February, not not November, no, of February. So that means that Ryan Day and the staff as a whole, not just the DB coach, not just Coach Knowles, et cetera, are all working hard. That includes the back office, too. They're getting kids on campus early. They have to. Kids aren't going to commit this early unless they've seen something or know something. And they're also building relationships when they're freshmen, sophomores, and juniors in high school. That is hard. That means they're taking the extra time to do it. That's that's just the tip of the cap, man. Effort is everything in recruiting. I always say it on your show, and I'll say it again. The kids pick the guy wearing the polo, not the logo on the polo. That never changes, NIL or otherwise. Ohio State or otherwise. I know Ohio State fans probably hate that as much as any. It's crazy. They don't pick Ohio State. They are picking the coaches at Ohio State, period. You can like that or not. It's still true. Well, the next player we're going to talk about, Brian, is one that is planning to come to Ohio State during spring practice in about a month from now. But he's also down there in the Sunshine State. We're going to talk about a talented defensive tackle next on Locked Up Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Once again, make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K. E-D-O-N, and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. This next young man, Jarquez Carter, from Newberry, Florida, Newberry High School. I watched the film, Brian. You've had the opportunity to talk to coaches that are down there and see, you know all these guys down there. But when I see him, I'm looking at something a little bit different. I'm trying to see what pops off the film when I see you play. I wrote down on my paper, Homie is a disruptor. Now, there are other words I could describe used to describe how he plays, but Carter is a disruptor at the size that he plays with, with the quickness that he has as well. It's no surprise that Larry Johnson is trying to get this young man to come play football in Columbus. 6'3", 6'4", 270, one gap and go, three-tech defensive tackle. And he fits the profile you're looking for in terms of a defensive lineman having a very high level of aggression. He doesn't take the opportunity to put a guy on the ground. He wants to bury him. Like he, he goes through guys and he, he doesn't play at big school competition. That's the only knock I can say he's at Newberry. It's like a one or two way school, but because he dominates, it's a good thing because he should, the kids in front of him get mauled. And that's what should happen. Every, every chance he wants to put his foot in the ground and change direction. He makes guys miss. He'll push guys out of the way. He'll beat double teams. That's the difference between good and great. He has a chance to be a really, really good player, Again, I just it's not easy to evaluate him like he is for some other guys because of where he's from, but the film is fun to watch. If you want to check out fun film, check out Jarquez Carter. He's at Newberry High, just outside of Gainesville, Florida, about 30 minutes from UF, ironically. He's probably going to end up leaving the state if I was to guess. So that's a kid that uh, some of the Florida schools may uh, not like him doing that. I know UCF and some others are going after him, but 
If Ohio State's coming, that's a sign too, by the way. Why do you think he's going to leave the state of Florida? He's had a lot of overtures from inside the state, and I I could be wrong. UCF, I, I, I know, is after him hard. They really make an effort to recruit Central Florida, and they should. But I just get the feeling that he's going to leave uh, just based on the longevity. He's had a bunch of offers. I could be wrong, but I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to walk outside the Sunshine State. You know, he is one of those guys – and we mentioned why Ohio State might be getting some of these guys from the South to come. Got to get them on campus. Got to get those relationships. I read, and I believe this is a report from 11 Warriors, covers Ohio State football and basketball. He's going to be on campus March 28th during spring practice for a visit. That is huge. Especially now, does Florida high school have spring practice, spring football? Does the sun come up in Florida? You don't know. <laughs> There are 20 spring practices in high school football in Florida. That's more you get in college. It is. It is. And I ask that because that's right in the middle of their spring practice season down there in Florida. I mean, if it's not, it's right before maybe. But you're coming up here during that time period when your high school team is doing things to get better for the upcoming season. And you're taking time out of your schedule to come maybe a thousand miles away to visit a school that you're very, very high on. That speaks volumes about Ohio State's chances to get a commitment from Carter. That's true. You always follow what a kid does as opposed to what they say. And that could be in any walk of life. You know, teenage boys are difficult to follow in a lot of different regards. But in this regard, kids will say I'm being offered by so-and-so. I'm going to visit so-and-so. And when they give me a list, it doesn't matter what position, what state, what your kid is or anything. I always ask the same question. Which visits do you already have lined up? Now, if they don't have any lined up, that means they're just figuring it out. It is what it is. No big deal. Every other answer means if you've got visits lined up to A, B, and C, it's A, B, and C who's leading. Now, you may not say that, but your actions speak louder than the words. So if you're visiting Ohio State, Texas, whatever it is, those are the leaders. And he, like you said, Ohio State's not exactly convenient for a kid just outside of Gainesville, Florida to get to. So they have to be a consideration. And Larry, obviously, is a famous defensive line coach, so that makes it a little bit more obvious why he would be interested. But Carter's a sharp kid. I think he looks at things a little bit more worldly than most of the guys from a high school like him in in like the north central section of the state of Florida. So it doesn't surprise me that he would be interested to see what Ohio State has academically, athletically, and socially. He's a little bit broader thinker, a good kid, big personality. So that'll be interesting to see where he ends up landing. You know, Brian, there are people maybe watching this or listening to the show and hear you say he's at a smaller high school, maybe 1A or 2A in Florida. He's dominating the the opposition, but maybe wondering why he doesn't go to a bigger school, maybe public school, or maybe why is a prep school like IMG or somebody else not trying to get him to come play football for them? I don't have the answer to that because there's so many angles as to why somebody stays at a school, um, parents involved, they're family there could be so many different reasons why but have you heard about players that may maybe are at a smaller school that don't go to a prep school when the opportunity is there it's it happens Uh, i spoke to a player the other day uh, noah grubbs who's from lake mary it's a bigger school but they're not going to win state in florida noah's one of the top quarterbacks in the country regardless of class and he said he thought about going to img but he had the offers he wanted he's comfortable and lake mary's good place to live those are kinds of things that happen all the time. There are kids all over the country that are getting recruited by IMG. I know the guy that does the recruiting. He's relentless. 
and it's not the right fit for everybody. And sometimes being the local hero, especially like in the deep South, being a small town hero is a big, big deal. The North and the South are still very, very different socially. The local community stuff, I can't put it in perspective for somebody that's lived their entire life in the Midwest. It's not possible. Like everybody wants to know your story. Everybody will stop you in a restaurant, et cetera. And that carries more weight. Uh, this kid is, again, big personality, likes to be kind of in the center of attention because he's earned it for his high school and stuff. And he thinks they're going to be pretty good. I know that. So maybe he wants to make a run at a school like that and be a legend at his high school the rest of his life. It wouldn't surprise me. That's kind of the common theme here in, in like Florida, Alabama, Georgia. We, you talk about the perfect fit as far as a guy going from the high school they're currently at to a prep school, IMG. That's just the first one that came to my mind, which is why I did say that yeah. one. But you also are finding a guy that might be the right fit for him to come to Ohio State. There's a need. We talk about it all the time, Brian. There's an immediate need for Ohio State to do better on defensive line recruiting. You get a guy like this. Let's just say he comes in March and commits early in June after an official visit. That's huge because you're getting that kid at the beginning of the official visit season, and then all of a sudden you may get two or three or four more really good top 100 defensive linemen to commit to Ohio State because of this young man who you had a relationship with, got him on campus, and the rest is history. Yeah, it's a building block process. Larry's been one of the best not only D-line coaches but D-line recruiters for a long time. And I've, I've lost track of how many guys I've spoken with that have been recruited by him. And Coach Johnson is somebody they can relate to. He finds a way, even at an older age now, he relates to kids. So they get them on campus. It's not easy. And I'm sure a lot of people don't understand this, but like, I'm not kidding when I say this. A lot of kids in Florida, if you showed them a map of the Midwest, they wouldn't know which state Ohio is. And I'm not kidding at all. I, at best, probably 50% of them. They, they live in very small bubbles down here in the South. So getting a kid to come up to Ohio is not an easy task. You don't care if it's a rich kid, poor kid, educated, not educated. It's social thing. It's just people stay in the South. So getting this kid, that means they put in effort. And again, it's a staff deal. I think that it, Larry's done a great job and they've kind of rebounded. They need more numbers there. Getting somebody like Jarquez, it could be somebody else. They need an early commitment on the D-line. I think you and I, and Ohio State fans can all agree on that to kind of get the boat started to be loaded. But they need at minimum 40 linemen in this class and preferably, in my opinion, I don't know what their numbers are. I haven't inquired, but I would say five. Yeah, I'm right there with you at five. Another one that is also a really good, talented defensive lineman is a kid that played at the same high school as Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison Jr. It's Maxwell Roy. We'll talk about him next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Game time. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start, up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts. Find exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big-time savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. 
Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I didn't know, and I, you may know this, I didn't realize, Brian, that St. Joe's Prep has all these really talented football players. Now, these are three that have Ohio State ties. I don't know if he's going to commit to Ohio State or not. But St. Joe's Prep, when he touch on this later on about what type of competition is there and why this is a big deal to get this, this kind of um, attention from him right now. Maxwell Roy, defensive tackle from St. Joe's Prep in Philadelphia, PA. He is uh, recently put Ohio State in his top six. Their um, top six is Duke, Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. When I watched the film, he's a big boy, 6'3". 270. He's a wrestler. He throws on the track and field team. He is a young man that is big and moves really well in the football field. And to get him in your top six now, Brian, is huge. Yeah, I mean, like he's got Michigan, he's got Ohio State, Penn State. If you have those three in your Pennsylvania kid, let's be honest, that's about as good as it's going to get. That is a barometer that people should go by from a starting point. And then his list extends to he's got an offer from Duke. So, you know, he's academically inclined. They're not going to mess around with that. And Manny Diaz is a heck of a defensive coordinator, as he proved at Penn State over the last few years. So this is the one school down in Philadelphia that just keeps pumping out players. They've sent kids to Georgia. They've sent kids to Ohio State, Penn State, all over the place. That's that's a great program. If Ohio State can tap in there, they're going to do themselves some favors. You know, that Manny Diaz point is very big because Miami fans may not be very fond of him for what he did down there um, in South Florida coaching the Hurricanes, but he went to Penn State, put together a really, really good defense year after year after year. This kid's in his backyard. I don't think he's going to give up from trying to get Maxwell Roy to commit to Penn State, but Ohio State's one of those schools. It's relationships. It's not, you say it, not the symbol. It is the relationships. And they got to make sure they have a major relationship with this young man if they want him to commit to Ohio State in the future. Yeah, they, they put in the time, man. They put in the time. Now they've got a reputation. They're kind of having Marvin, I'm going to go out on a limb also, just as a side note, is really important. I mean, he's one of the best players in recent state history. He's from Philly and he's from there. His dad's famous, all that. But this is a relationship, a relationship-based business. Like Oregon is on his short list. They recruit that school hard every year. Ohio State does the same thing. When certain people come in with certain polos, they're going to be treated differently because you recruit the kids every year. Trust me, this is a big off-the-record conversation I have with high school coaches. And Ohio State does a great job with it. Obviously, they wouldn't be getting the kids they do, but that's why they're welcomed back there. Over and over. That's why they've gotten kids in different years there. That's why they get official visits every year to that school. This is the latest. And it sounds like to me from reading some articles about him that there's a pretty good chance the Buckeyes are going to get an official in either uh, May or June. Let's do something that we don't normally do. Do it a little bit, but St. Joe's Prep. You've been recovering, recruiting for quite a long time. Is this, is this one of those schools in that Philadelphia area that always has – maybe the most talent collectively every single year in that area? Well, it's been kind of newer because Philadelphia is a hoop city. Oh, that's by, true. They are. It, it is. I mean, like, I remember when Rashid Wallace came out of high school and all the you know, different guys, you're like, holy cow. And they always had players, but the kids are just at a younger age geared that way. There's not a lot of room in the city. It's kind of like New York. It's difficult. But prep is one of the few schools, and I don't, I've never been there, 
but they've always got dudes. They must be attracting kids from all around the city. Cause out of the top, like eight kids in Philly, like four of them will be from that school. It's come like, come on. So they must have a really good coaching staff. And again, once a school kind of gets a foothold like that, whether it's Florida, California, Arizona, it doesn't matter where it just perpetuates. They're, they're rolling now. They, I mean, I'm sure there's some opportunities for them to recruit me at a private school, but the kids are probably kind of knocking on the door too. Once you're in that door, Ohio State in this case, it's going to serve you from a long-term perspective. Again, Marvin Harrison being from there kind of helps too. <laughs> it does help. What would it mean for Ohio State if they were to get a commitment from these two defensive tackles we talked about today? D linemen, maybe, but D tackles for sure, Jarquez Carter and Maxwell Roy. It would probably make a lot of Ohio State fans have fewer psychiatric appointments. Um, Let's hope so. <laughs> because they've they've been bitching a lot about the D line recruiting over the last year. Or so look, they need D linemen. It's the timing of it, which I don't like it. People say, well, when's he gonna? I'm never giving predictions on kids making win, especially Florida kids. It's the worst to predict that. They got to get at least four in this class, if not five. The best way to do that is to chip away consistently. If they don't have at least one, if not two D linemen committed by mid-June, if the panic button needs to be within reach. They have playing time. Larry is the coach. It's freaking Ohio State. They're spending the money on it. They're putting the effort in. There would have to be something else off. Why would they not have a couple guys committed? You know, the playing time thing at Ohio State at D-line is usually not the case. They have all the things lined up to have a successful recruiting class. Now it's time to go have it, and their number one spot is D-line. Last thing here for you. This actually happened before we even started recording. I meant to do it earlier, but I was like, no, let's get the recruiting stuff in. Ohio State just promoted James Lornitis, former All-American linebacker. He was a grad assistant last year. He's now the full-time linebackers coach. What are your thoughts about that promotion for him? He's done a good job as a player. He was at Notre Dame, did well. He did well at Ohio State last year. This is about as no-brainer as it gets. Think about it this way. He played in the NFL. He doesn't need money, but yet he goes through the grind of becoming a grad assistant? Yeah. That's not normal. He is a guy that loves ball. There aren't many that say it and then also do it. Kind of like with recruits. Let me see you do it. It's one thing you to get on some radio show. Yeah, I might coach one day. They end up coaching their Little League team because they set the hours. It's different when somebody else tells you what to do and you're a millionaire. Millionaires do not like to be told what to do. So I I think he's going to do well. Obviously, he was a tremendous player for the Bucs. I'd be surprised if he's not successful. And I know he worked at recruiting, too, when he was at Notre Dame. I assume he did at Ohio State. So – this, this is kind of a feel-good story because we don't get enough of these. Most of the guys that are successful like them, and it's their right. They, they walk off into the sunset. They've got a house in Arizona and one in suburban New York or whatever, and they're never heard from again. You know what I mean? Like, it's they're done. I get it. Good for him for going back to his alma mater and trying to make a difference for kids and be a part of a great football tradition. Talk about that grind. Last thing here for you. It's not easy being a grad assistant, especially oh, when you he's married, he has kids, he was in the NFL, as you mentioned, and to do it at Notre Dame when you're being coached by a guy who you play football with in Marcus Freeman, then to go back to your alma mater and do the same thing, say, hey, I'm comfortable going down to the bottom to work my way up. That speaks volumes about him as a person and about what he might be as a linebackers coach at Ohio State. Yeah, like when I heard about him coming back, like going around, I'm like, really? 
I'm impressed. That's yeah. pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like you root for that and we need more people in that kind of mindset in politics mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. one, but at the same time, this is a good way to do it. Any form of education and football, certainly a part of that is good for our society, man, this is cool. I'm, I'm hoping that he has success and he gets his degrees and all that to pass it on to everybody that he can with his knowledge, but NFL players coaching in college. It's not the everyday thing. No, it is not. You can follow Brian on X at FBScout underscore Florida. You can follow me on the same platform at JSteven07. In your feed is already a reaction pod to the news we just talked about. This actually broke before we recorded, and there was a show that hit yesterday on Thursday afternoon about James Arnott's, uh hiring. Go check it out. It's there for you. And uh, you can follow Locked on Buckeyes on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button to follow the show. We're out of here on a Friday, Buckeye fans. We will see you next time.